Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In our sermon today, we will be working through much of the text that we just read in our gospel lesson. So we will begin with Jesus' final words in the text. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Please be seated. I have a dear friend who has a hard time choosing. When he buys chicken nuggets and is asked what type of sauce he would like to have to dip them in, he would like to have every single possibility available. Or at least four or five different options if he can. And while it's harmless to enjoy creamy ranch and honey Dijon and smoky chipotle barbecue, this world has taken our wants and our, and our joy and options to an extreme. Common today is the thought that you can have it all. Whatever makes you happy, whatever satisfies your appetite, even, those, even if those desires end up contradicting themselves in the end. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus makes one point abundantly clear. You can't have it all. More specifically, Jesus tells the crowd and us, either he is your Lord or something else is. The cost of discipleship is to take up the cross and follow him. Not a picking and choosing of what satisfies your appetite or is most convenient. As we look at the text, we begin by noticing that Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. He's being followed by a crowd as he heads there to fulfill the Father's will. He is heading to Jerusalem to be betrayed by a disciple, ridiculed by his people's religious leaders, mocked by onlookers guards, and government officials. Jesus knows where he is going, and he is determined to take up his cross. Upon this cross, he will die a death he does not deserve, so that we might live a life we do not deserve. So Jesus turns to the crowd and says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And it's at this point that I would guess that the words of Jesus turn away a majority of the crowd. What does Jesus mean? Why would he tell us to hate our family? What does he mean when he says we must hate our own life? If we want to understand what Jesus is saying, we need a clear definition of the word hate. Jesus is not telling the crowd to break the fourth commandment, which states, honor your father and mother. Rather, to understand what Jesus means, I would like to point you to another text where he uses the word hate. In Luke 16, 13, Jesus says, No servant can serve two masters, 
for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus is saying you cannot love God, be devoted to him, and something else. Jesus makes it clear that money can demand your devotion. This demand can also come from your family. Like money can ensnare some believers to be devoted to it over God, mother, father, sister, brother, spouse, children, can all capture a believer's heart and pull it away from God. Even our own aspirations, maybe not motivated by money or family, have the ability to draw us from Christ and have us turn in on our own desires. So whether it be money, family, or yourself, Jesus makes it clear that the cost of discipleship is devotion to God alone without stipulations. The reality of devotion is a fact of life that we can see all around us. And while the Olympics ended two weeks ago and there were many stories of dedication and awe-inspiring feats of athleticism, the person who stands out to me the most is a 19-year-old named Katie Ledecky. This year, she owned the pool. She looked like a collegiate athlete swimming against the first-year guppies who just signed up at the local Y. She won the gold in all four of her normal events. She's a distance swimmer and silver in the 4 by 100 sprint, but she didn't just win, she dominated. Three of her golds were record, Olympic record times. Two were world record times. In her main event, the 800-meter freestyle, she shattered the previous Olympic record by nearly 10 seconds. She even beat her own world record that she had set previously this year by two seconds. Now, that kind of record-breaking is unheard of. At the Olympic level of swimming, races are won by hundreds, maybe tenths of a second. She was winning by multiple seconds. She, of course, was smiling every minute of it. Swimming has been her life for many years. She has sacrificed many things to achieve what she has done. All reports stated that she was absolutely dedicated to swimming. All the early morning swims, the late night strength and conditioning, the determination to push harder and harder at each practice paid off for her at the Olympics. Her love for her sport meant that she had to hate candy bars and chips and pop. She had to hate all things that would obstruct her path toward the goal. She had to be devoted to swimming over the normal routine and activities of a high schooler. She understood that to achieve her goals that she did, she had to pay a a price. The cost for her success was devotion to her sport without stipulations. Or take, for example, Steve Cohen. He was our guest preacher last week for Mission Fest, 
And when he became a disciple of Jesus, the Messiah, he understood there would be a great cost for doing so. As he told us, he grew up in a Jewish family, and while he was in college, he met a Lutheran layman who introduced to him Jesus as his Messiah. What was the cost for following Jesus? It eventually led to a rift in Steve's family, a rift that is still a source of constant prayer because the person on the other side of that rift is his very own mother. He invited us to pray for his mother, and he certainly dearly loves her. Steve took up the cross of being estranged to his mother for the faith that he now has. Some people in his family or his Jewish community might accuse him of hating his mother. And he does in the way that Jesus is describing in our text. But in reality, he loves her so much. And he too wants her to know the Messiah. You see, Steve has spent over 20 years as a missionary to the Jewish people and he still carries around the burden of a mother he cannot reach. Steve, like many Christians, recognizes that there is a great cost to discipleship without stipulations. We often dream of how wonderful it would be to win in the Olympics, to achieve such great goals. However, we rarely consider the cost. And all too often, we forget the cost of discipleship when our own family and friends are all believers. But there may be a day when following Jesus might put a wedge between us and our family. Even today, many of us are quietly shamed by our family members who think it's foolish to believe the words of the Bible and follow Jesus. Jesus provides two lessons to the crowd that reveal why they must first consider the cost of following him. In the first lesson, Jesus asks if it is wise for a man to build a tower without first considering the cost. Jesus warns that he must first consider the cost. If he doesn't, he will be left with a useless, half-built tower that will only serve as a lasting symbol of his haste and incompetence. In the second lesson, Jesus warns that a king who is at war must first consider the cost of a particular battle. And consider if his army is capable of winning that battle. If not, his foe may become victorious. And his men, he and his men would be slaughtered. The battle would have been seen as a foolish one. And in the end, the destruction of his kingdom. In both examples, Jesus is asking if these are situations that you would enter into without first considering the cost. The answer that he expects from the crowd is a resounding no. The crowd can see that it is obvious that you wouldn't be so careless as to do something like that. So Jesus says, in the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. The cost of discipleship is devotion, a heart 
for God alone, without stipulations. Jesus is not calling us to be part-time disciples. He is not asking for a piece of our heart. He does not offer to be to, his services to be a part of our personal pantheon. No, God invites us to live a life that is 100% rooted in Jesus Christ. In Acts 20:24, 20, Paul expresses what this looks like and why he considers being a disciple far greater than even his own life. Paul says, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Many will not see this cost of discipleship to be worth it. As a disciple of Christ, you might appear as if you hate your family because you stand firm in your beliefs like our brother Steve. Some might consider you foolish for building your hope in the Lord. People will look at the way the world is going and all of the pain that they see and experience around them and think you naive to put your trust in Jesus as king and ruler over all things. And we will struggle with our own sinful nature. If we are honest, we all too often set our our hearts on things of this world rather than upon Jesus. If the cost of salvation were based on our faithfulness, we would recognize quickly that we would be found foolish, just as the wise man who hastily built a tower or a king who was too arrogant or naive to consider the cost and destroying his kingdom. The good news for you and me today is that though the cost of discipleship is great, salvation is paid in full. God wants all of us when we are his disciples without stipulations. Jesus Christ gave all of himself for us without stipulations. As Jesus headed towards Jerusalem, he was heading to the cross that ultimately only he could bear. A cross weighed down with all of our sins, the sins of the whole world. A cross we are unable to carry. He did so willingly, lovingly, with his whole heart. Upon that cross, he achieved salvation for you and for me and for all who believe that Jesus is Lord. Jesus does not love the Lord half-heartedly. He does not go to the cross unwillingly. He has given himself without stipulations and has smashed the power of the grave. Jesus has set us free from the bondage of sin to live as his disciples. Though we may be seen by others as foolish and naive, we can trust that the cost of discipleship is worth it. Now, the cost of discipleship is not a call to completely isolate yourself from the world. In fact, as God's children, the Holy Spirit provides us 
with endless opportunities to serve our neighbor with the love of Jesus. As a disciple of Jesus, we lose the sinful trappings of this world and gain the beauty of living the resurrected life now. We can comfort those who mourn, love our enemies, care for our neighbors in ways where we are no longer concerned with our own desires, but trust that God has provided all for us and leads us in picking up our cross, as hard as it may be at times, to follow Him on His mission of salvation. Simply put, God makes us the salt of the earth. And if we who are made the salt of the earth turn our hearts away from God and lose our saltiness, how will we be made salty again? We become useless and thrown out. But the warning of Jesus to the crowd is also an invitation to live a life fulfilled in Him. If Olympians can find joy in the success of their efforts, their dedication of their goals, how much more joy can be found in Christ? There is certainly a cost to discipleship, but it is worth it. So on the one hand, you can't have it all if you want both the world and Jesus. But on the other hand, you can have all good things in Jesus Christ. For in Jesus, you lose all that is sinful and brings death and gain all that is good and life. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.